When Kelsey was in junior high, she kept a journal. And she imagined that someday, lots of people might read it. Dear Journal, I wish I didn't have to go back to school tomorrow, but in a way I do, because I want to see all my friends. From now on, I want to try to keep this journal neat. Maybe it will become famous, like Anne Frank's. <laughs> That's Kelsey reading from her junior high journal. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This, right now, is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. How are you doing tonight? This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in St. Albert, Alberta, we have a flaming canoe, an embarrassing gas leak, a naked Harry Potter character, and much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and by revisiting it, this stuff can also help us understand who we are today. So think about who you were when you were a kid and stick around. In 1986, our next reader, Allison, wrote a letter to her future self. And the contents of this letter were fairly sensitive. She didn't want anybody else to read it. So after she finished writing this private note to her future self, she took a roll of scotch tape and sealed the whole thing up. It is a letter written to herself, and it is titled, When in Doubt. Please welcome to our stage, Allison. When in doubt. Allison, you know very well that you are a virgin. Right now, someone is pressuring you, and you are losing touch of your reality. (laughs) Maybe more than one person is applying this pressure, only you know. (laughs) The purpose of this note is to remind you of your ideals, morals, and especially of your future. The thought of sex thrills you, doesn't it? (laughs) But it also scares the hell out of you. Your goal is to stay a virgin until you find someone really special when you are older to overcome all your desires and curiosities until you pass over these, quote, cheap fun with sex, end quote, years. (laughs) Think, do you really love him? What would you do if he left? You would save your virginity if he left, simple. It's up to you. You know what you want. Also, 
Would the relationship at hand get better or worse with sex added? How often would you have to do a repeat performance of this act? <laughs> what if you don't like it? <clears throat> Will you feel self-conscious? If you don't like the answers to any one of these questions, don't do it. <clears throat> you must be sure of him and yourself. Also to consider is the thought of pregnancy. Then girl, dot, 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 whoa. <laughs> Your life, your career, your family, lawyers when mum finds out. <laughs> Everything as you know it will be gone if that happens. <clears throat> now for the question you must answer. Is it that important? The answer will decide whether you can remain special as a virginal sex goddess. Virginal sex goddess. <laughs> or become special to only him, possibly excluding yourself. Think hard, girl. It's up to you. June 2nd, 1986. Thank you. After the show, Allison phoned in to reflect on who she was when she wrote that note. Up to and including grade nine, I was a, an ultra nerd at school. I had long, shapeless hair that was just parted in the middle and went down to my waist. No bangs, I had braces, and I had Coke bottle glasses. And then I got to grade 10, and I got contact lenses, and the braces came off, and my hair got cut in a fashionable style, and I had guys all over me. It was a really uh, confusing time because I really I couldn't believe my luck on one hand but I didn't know what to do with all of them on the other hand <laughs> um, and so uh, when I when I look back at that letter and um, try and see if there is any of that Allison left in me today I, I definitely see it you know, it's just totally my style to write myself a very detailed letter. I probably copied it out two or three times, so there wasn't any typos or, or scribbles or anything like that. So I really see the uh, organizational skills that, that I still have today. And if I could go back in time and give myself a little bit of advice, I would just say, relax, don't worry, and enjoy the ride.
Two of the most common themes that grown-ups read things they wrote as kids are the awkwardness of teenage romance and embarrassment about our teenage bodies and the things they do. And our next reader, Maura, shared a diary entry that covers both of those themes. Dear Darkest Diary, I'm in a dark, dark place. The darkest. The events of today have absolutely shattered my feelings of confidence, and I am definitely not the same person I was when I woke up this morning. It all started when I invited Simon over to see my new puppy. I found her on the street last week, and after lots of begging and more begging, Mum and Dad have agreed to let us keep her. She's pure white. I called her Jasmine because I know that that's Mum's favorite flower, and I think she'll be happy to call the dog's name when we go out for a walk. Mum hates dogs. <laughs> but Dad likes them. So now we have a dog. She's the cutest thing I've ever seen. I invited Simon to meet Jasmine. He came over on his new bike and wanted to show off some of the stunts he's learning. They really weren't too risky. I mean, I can hop a curb on my bike, so I'm not super jealous of those tricks. Anyway, we finally went into the house. Jasmine was so excited to see me. She was kind of excited to see Simon, but more happy to see me, and I thought her tail would wag right off her ass. <laughs> he got down on the floor, and she started to climb on his lap and was licking his face. I'm not ashamed to say that sometimes I wish I could lick his face, <clears throat> but more about that later. I was standing next to the shower door and watching Simon play with the dog. He looked like he was really into it, so maybe he'll start hanging out more at my house instead of always making me go to his house. My heart was totally beating for him as I watched him play with the dog, so I decided I was going to get down on the floor and play with her too. Maybe that way we could have a little chance to kiss. We're definitely getting better at it, but we don't have much time to practice. Anyway, I started to get down on the floor. I was crouching with my knee touching his arm when I could feel something gurgling in my stomach. I could feel things start to rumble. I knew there was a chance it would be a big one, but I was pretty sure I could just angle stuff so that it wouldn't make a huge flapping noise. So I started to allow the pressure to slightly release, and it was silent, so I thought it was okay. So I just committed to it. It was working pretty well until the very end. It seemed like there was a sudden change in direction, and the result was the weirdest sound I have ever heard come out of a human being. I wasn't sure if he'd heard it, but I saw him stop tiggling the dog's belly, and his ocean blue eyes turned to look up at me. I knew my face was bright red, and there would be no way I could blame this on the dog. <laughs> Just as his eyes locked onto mine, the most disgusting, repulsive smell began to fill the bathroom. <laughs> yep, definitely no way I could blame this on the dog. Okay, okay, so in all honesty, I've farted a lot in my life, and usually I just get used to the smell and then it goes away. But this one, this one just lingered. It lurked in the air right between our faces, and no matter how hard I tried, I could not look away. This is a deal breaker. You can't fart in your first real boyfriend's face and expect to get out alive. There's no way he'll want to date me again. My eyes started to water. Simon's eyes might have also been watering, but it was difficult to see through the line of tears that was rising before my own pupils. The smell was not going away. I decided it was best not to breathe. I looked at him, tried to muster a smile, and stood up to run away. And just as I stood up, like it was the universe telling me, Moira, you're never going to date again, another one came flying out. <laughs> Only this time, it was twice as loud, it changed keys, and definitely sounded like I was trying to start a motorcycle. I ran out of the bathroom and up the stairs to my room where I promptly hid in my closet. I don't even remember hearing Simon leave. 
but I will never be the same person again. Today has been the worst day of my life. Today will forever be the day I gave my first real boyfriend a piece of my fart. When I was a kid, I went to summer camp, and it was kind of a big deal being away from home, meeting new people, trying new things. For a lot of kids, camp is a formative part of growing up. Our next reader, Taylor, went to camp a lot when she was growing up, and at our St. Albert show, Taylor shared some camp journal entries, starting around age 10 and going all the way up to her early years of university. Please welcome Taylor to our stage. Two thousand one, day six. We had swimming first, and at crafts, I finished my bird feeder and made a beaded bobby pin. Climbing, I climbed the climbing wall and did the ropes course one and a half times. Supper was good. Tomorrow we get cinnamon buns. Day seven. Today we had cinnamon buns for breakfast. That's all I wrote on day seven. (laughs) 2007, July 18th. I didn't sleep very well last night. We had pancakes and fruit. Then we had cabin 45, Bible study. We made collages about it is good. The theme is in the beginning, it was good. Then we had horseback riding. I got to go in a group with Jillian and a nice girl from last year. But the other three girls are snobby English riders who think they're better than the older Western riders. (laughs) 2008, July 18th. After lunch, we had mystery block. We had to meet in the handicap stall with our clothes inside out. We played eat it or dare. We were blindfolded and got to smell stuff. I drank water, had to stand in the toilet, had to lick the road and eat some orange juice concoction. It was fun. (laughs) July 2nd, 2012. I lit a canoe on fire yesterday. By complete accident, of course. We were trying to boil water on the lake and the gas spilled and voila, canoe on fire. Fortunately enough, the canoe is in no way damaged and there's no proof of any fire except a small burn on my thumb. My campers now call me the firebender because it looks like I just grabbed a fire, the fire and put it in the lake. It was quite the adventure and my campers thought it was hilarious. I felt like an idiot at the time, but looking back on it, it is quite hilarious. It made a pretty good story, and not many people can say they were successful at setting a canoe on fire in the middle of a lake. (laughs) 2013, July 19th. Dear Future Taylor, I was slash am not stupid. This was just who I am today. I like who I am, even though I have a lot of growing to do. So don't look back and think of how stupid you think I am. Think about how much you've grown, and wherever you are, however much you've grown or changed, do one thing for me. Be happy. Life is much too short to dwell on the things that make you unhappy. You are a beautiful and strong woman with so many people who love you. Go forth and continue to do amazing things. Follow your dreams and don't let anyone stop you. I hope you always remember that you are stronger than you seem and smarter than you think. Go forth and be amazing. Love, past slash present, Taylor. Thank you.
Our next reader, Kirsten, shared two very short, very different pieces of writing at our St. Albert show. We're going to hear a note Kirsten wrote to her dad when she was five years old for Father's Day. We're also going to hear a story about the song Ridin' Dirty by Chamillionaire. Written in the third grade. Please welcome Kirsten to our stage. Dad, just think of your daughter. She is nice. She is funny. She likes you a lot. She does things spontaneous. She is happy and loving. She has a nice smile. I am Kirsten. And this is a story entitled Ridin' Dirty, originally, but then I crossed out the dirty part and it just says Ridin'. <laughs> They're on to us, yelled Chameleon Air. <laughs> Him and his girlfriend, Keisha Shante, were Ridin' Dirty and being chased by the police. Chameleon Air, said Keisha, Sing me a song to calm me down. <laughs> sure, baby, he said. The music is so loud. We swang and patrolling and trying to catch me riding dirty. Thank you, chameleon air, said Keisha. Keisha. Wee-oo, wee-oo, went the sirens. Suddenly, chameleon air saw a whole bunch of grannies crossing the street. Oh, no, it's the police's barricade. <laughs> Oh, baby, do something, said Keisha. I will, sweetie, he called. He looked left, and he looked right, and drove straight through the grannies. <laughs> then he saw a huge sign, dead end. In the end, Chameleon Air and Keisha went to jail for two years. Thank you. I love it when a story has a positive moral lesson. Okay, our next reading requires a little bit of setup. And to do that, I need to tell you about the actor Daniel Radcliffe, who is probably best known for playing Harry Potter. In 2007, Daniel Radcliffe, the actor took a stage role in London's West End where his character had a nude scene. And at the time, it made headlines because a lot of people still thought of Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter. You with me so far? Nude Daniel Radcliffe? That's the first bit of setup. Here's the next part. When Vanessa was in grade 10, a bunch of her junior high school friends ended up going to different high schools. They were kind of split up, and they were all a little bit bummed out. So what Vanessa did as a way to keep in touch with her junior high friend group is she created a handmade journal with different sections that each of them could write in and then pass back and forth, kind of like the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. So we are going to hear 
a little something from Vanessa's cringy 10th grade year, including a scene where she decided to Google Daniel Radcliffe's pictures from the play. Please welcome Vanessa to our stage. A quick heads up, Vanessa's reading includes some cuss words, which we do not bleep. October 3rd, 2007, 1.50 p.m. in art class. So, yesterday, I found a wrinkly Harry Potter (laughs) pee-pee. I'll send you the site later. (laughs) And I will never, ever, ever look at a real live one or I might die from laughter. (laughs) So, after some careful examination and squealing and giggling, me and Daria, my friend, decided to seek a male opinion. So, Andrew was our solution. We needed to know if they all look like that. Except neither wanted to ask, so we used a fake account. And Andrew thought it was a trick to make him look at dirty pictures. He hasn't answered yet, but I'll let you know. (laughs) October 16, 2007, 5.49 p.m. I finally got a kissy-kissy smoochy lesson from Kasha. (laughs) Rules slash tips. Number one, don't go in like a fish with mouth open. Number two, close eyes. Number three, don't thrash tongue around wildly. (laughs) Number four, blank. Number five, blank. Damn it, I can't remember the rest. (laughs) November 12, 2007, 7.50 a.m., waiting, dot, dot, dot. Now I'm at the bus stop, very nervous. I never get on the right bus. It's very stressful. I keep glancing up every 10 seconds, and I know it won't come for at least 10 minutes. So, yeah, just me, the book, a rotting banana peel, oh shit, a bus. (laughs) (laughs) January 12th, 2008, 6.04 p.m. Well, here I am with my jelly bellies, tasty tasty, and writing in my house coat. (laughs) I haven't talked to this book in quite some time, so here goes. Remember that creepy guy I told you guys about? Oh boy. Well, he started talking to me again, actually being polite. So I said sorry, and it was all good, and he was actually nice, except he wouldn't leave me alone. He asked me every five minutes to hang out or chill at 11 at nighttime. He wanted me to take the bus. I can't can't even take it in broad daylight without... without screwing up, which I do quite frequently, but he kept asking and I kept saying no. So then he asked me to skip class so we could chill and I kept going, no, I really shouldn't skip class, etc., etc." <laughs> he would not let it drop. So anyways, on MSN, he was all, come on, just five to 10 minutes, say you're going to the bathroom. Me, what would we do anyways? Him, whatever you wanna do. Me, uh, okay, him, any ideas? Me, no, not really. Lame attempt at being distant. <laughs> him, anything two single people can do? Me, what exactly do you think is going to happen? Him, depends, what have you done? Me, nothing. Him, what are you willing? I told him I had a weird gut feeling. Him, no kissing? Me, no. Him, no touching? Me, no. 
him. Gotta go, bye. What a dick, hey? (laughs) I am not answering him ever again and have blocked and deleted that turd. (laughs) I went to get my skis for a ski club trip today. We went to a few places before we found somewhere that actually does rentals. The second place we went had the cutest boy ever there. He had amazing eyes and cute hair and everything. He was wearing a cute green hat and the arms, I'm telling you. (laughs) I didn't talk to him, my dad did, but I said thank you when he helped us find a place that did rentals. (laughs) He said, you're welcome, totally made my day. Thank God, they don't do rentals. I would have had to give him my weight and height, which would have been a tad mortifying. (laughs) January 17th, 2008, 10.23 p.m. Wanna hear an embarrassing story? Oh yes, another one. Just when you think Vanessa has reached the humiliation quota, my mother sends my dad and brother to buy feminine hygiene products for us. <laughs> As if that's bad, not bad enough, she fishes it out of the bag in front of them and calls me and goes, here you go, the ones you wanted. Honestly, wholly mortified, as if my brother isn't immature as it is. Speaking of that, I have a gross story. Don't laugh. So I might have went potty and I forgot to flush. Don't tell. And I always, like, triple check to make sure I flush. And somehow I forgot. And my brother took pictures and also decided to gather my family around the toilet to have a look and poke fun at it. (laughs) Isn't that lovely? I was not pleased. (laughs) Thank you. You can catch Vanessa at our spin-off series, Grown-Ups Read Handwritten Transcriptions of MSN Conversations They Had as Kids. Coming soon. That is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. Our show was recorded live at the Arden Theater in St. Albert, Alberta, in association with Star Literacy, and was produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our associate producer. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. Our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. If you want to know about upcoming live events, the best thing to do is join our email newsletter. Just visit grownups.fm and click newsletter. That way you'll be the first to know when we're coming to your town. That's grownups.fm and click newsletter or even easier, use the link in the episode notes on your device right now. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening. will decide whether you can remain special as a virginal sex goddess. (laughs) 